26 minutes it is now before the uh, top of the hour. We now uh, place under the microscope uh, some of the issues that uh, we're facing as a nation. They are not new, they are not novel, and uh, it seems they are not uh, unique to the cases uh, that I'm going to refer to shortly. It certainly is a uh, continued and an intensified uh, warfare against many of the uh, women and children in our country. And uh, today we take a look at uh, the story of Uyinene uh, Mkhwetiana, who disappeared on Friday when she went uh, to the post office during the day. And uh, uh, may her soul rest in peace. And uh, as we said earlier on, Luango Sapologa Mkhwetiana Lungalalanga Ngweba, and a man who works in the, that post office appeared uh, in court today. I think the name of uh, the gentleman there, Nguliana Porta, uh, with the murder and rape, as uh, well as uh, defeating the ends of justice. Because he's already appeared. And I think it's important to understand uh, here on uh, Metro FM Talk. Also, we saw uh, the uh, police officer boyfriend of a female boxing champion, uh, Leandre Baby Lee uh, Jechels, who was shot and killed uh, by her boyfriend on Friday, and she died in hospital, and the man was arrested on Friday after a head-on collision near Pedingabagasengmoshua in the Eastern Cape. He had also shot and wounded uh, Jechels' mother, Rita, who was receiving treatment in hospital, and the two were on their way to a boxing gym in Tanzania where they w- when they were confronted by her partner. We also heard in Port Elizabeth as well, a couple believed to be going through a divorce. The wife, a 36-year-old doctor who lives in Summerstrand and works at a practice in Utenake, was shot in the head on Saturday, allegedly by her husband, and uh, she's fighting for her life in hospital. And may you keep on your thoughts uh, her battle for her life and, of course, uh, her family who are going through a uh, terrible ordeal uh, after that uh, shooting there. And these are some of uh, the stories just over the past weekend. I think if we tracked even further back, if uh, we went two weeks, we would potentially find many other stories. And uh, it uh, seems uh, here that we only, of course, talking about those stories that have been reported. How many of these stories go unreported? And it certainly reminds me of a story of a a woman, uh, certainly not too far from where I was born, uh, just outside uh, Ekwamani. And uh, who um, found her daughter being, you know, sexually violated, being raped by a certain gentleman. And she summarily killed that gentleman. And I think that is the kind of uh, anger and maybe the sense of urgency that we need to give to some of these challenges. I am shocked by, I guess, the uh, deafening silence of many of those who have the authority to actually act on some of these issues. And all they can do is to send out tweets as if they are some... NGO based all the way out as billion. It's a sad day. It's a sad day for us as a country. And uh, that being said, uh, the big question we're asking ourselves this evening, uh, how much of this challenge do we understand? And uh, maybe uh, do we all understand it in the same way? And I think that maybe is the starting point for our conversation. And then thereafter, the big question is what then ought and needs to be done by society? And in particular, us men who are the problem because... Uh, certainly, if you cast your mind back now in Pulapuli at any point in your life where you felt physically under siege, I can tell you nine times out of ten, being dot who was involved in that. And uh, we are going to pick up uh, this particular uh, matter. I am uh, joined on the line by um, 
Prof- Professor Pumla Gola, who's the Dean of Research at the University of Forte Guano College and uh, the author of the book Rape, A South African Nightmare. And I'm also joined uh, by a national organizer at the Total Shutdown, and that is Lolo Saleso. Professor Gola, Nawe Lolo, good evening and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Good evening. Good evening, and thank you for having me. Prof, let me maybe start off with you. Um, I, you know, we just recounted there some of the stories that had come through just in the last 48 hours or so. But if we had gone back even much further, uh, I think we would uh, potentially have, you know, a basement of a library full or even more of uh, similar stories. And those are just the reported ones. Um, what is it uh, that you think enables uh, us as men to act with such impunity? Uh, in uh, visiting this kind of violence, uh, this kind of, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, even violence is probably a nice word of it, but this kind of uh, unwanted and unwarranted uh, violence that is visited on women and children in our country. What is it about this environment that that doesn't serve as a a proper deterrent to us uh, actually, I guess, stopping to do this? Because one would think that, uh, you know, if if there were proper deterrents and punitive measures in place, that, uh, that would deter people from doing this. Yes, I mean, I think you're right. Um, I think there's a whole, there's two main areas I think we need to be looking. Um, we live, I mean, we live in a society, South African society. Not the only society, but we're going to focus on, on South Africa because this is where we live. Mm. We live in a society that is incredibly permissive of violence. And, and so it is, you know, it, where violence is almost a language. But we also live in a society that doesn't really take women seriously. Mm. I mean, we, we, we go through the motions. We say the big things. We say women's empowerment. We say bring a girl child to work. But we, you know, that we, we do all of that surface supposed recognition of women. But we don't listen to, to what girls and to what women say they experience, say this country feels like for them. And so we're then able to be shocked when women get killed, when women get raped, and we find out about it and we believe them. Um, and we are able to get shocked as a society in, you know, about the, 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 the absolute brutality and, and, and spectacular violence in our society because we don't, because we don't really, because to do so, allows us to pretend that it has nothing to do with us, right? Mm. But of course, women don't just get killed and raped in a society that doesn't have small, minor humiliations and forms of violence and degradation Mm. that are permitted on an everyday basis. Mm. Mm. And unfortunately, until we take seriously those seemingly small, you know, because patriarchy says they're small, those seemingly small, everyday um, refusals to take women seriously, to take girls seriously, um, to, 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 to listen to what women and girls say, they feel, they don't want, they want to do with their lives, until we, so there's an entire continuum before we get to rape mm. and battery and femicide. Okay, prof. And unfortunately, until... Prof? 
Coleman, Prof. I, I want us to maybe pause there for a second. Mm-hmm. We need to take a quick spot break. And uh, when I come sure. back, we'll continue our conversation. And Lolo, I'll mm-hmm. come back to you, uh, Klaas Buya. And uh, I want us maybe to, to speak about some of the organizational responses uh, that mm-hmm. uh, we can uh, muster uh, to the uh, state of play that uh, Professor Kola was painting. This September, we celebrate National Book Week and World Literacy Day under the theme of Literacy in a Digital World. SABC Education launches eFunza, which is an uh, online uh, online reading campaign, and the SABC Education eStore is an online catalogue with over 46,000 titles ranging from fiction, non-fiction, curriculum, non-curriculum, and free e-books. So visit the SABC Education website for more details on eFunza. SABC Education, enriching minds, enriching lives. 16 minutes it is before 9 p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk with me, Ayabong Atawe. And uh, I'm in conversation with uh, national organizer at the Total Shutdown, Lolo Saliso, also joined by uh, a dean of research at the University of Forte and the author of the book Rape, a South African Nightmare, and that is uh, Professor uh, Pumla Gola. Now, uh, uh, Prof, I want you maybe to just uh, finish the point you were making there before I bring in uh, Lolo, where you were saying that, you know, in the absence of us dealing with some of the micro-level aggressions, uh, it uh, certainly is might be futile for us to maybe, you know, catch on to some of the bigger and uh, more headline-grabbing issues if we're not able to deal with it every day. Absolutely. And I think so we need to figure out how to create a society that's intolerant of those microaggressions, of mm. those tiny humiliations and those tiny violences. Yeah. Um, because rape, femicide, all of those things are the end. I mm. think extreme end of that, and they cannot happen in a society that doesn't tolerate this, these seemingly more benign forms of humiliation, yeah. violence. Yeah, yeah. And so on. Lolo, let me bring you in here. And uh, you guys have uh, certainly done tremendous work in uh, organizing around these uh, issues and uh, some of the advocacy that uh, you've undertaken here. Uh, and I'm quite interested, I guess, in two things. The one is, you know, uh, uh, you know, the um, sort of a law enforcement and criminal justice response uh, to uh, uh, some of these issues and, uh, 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 you know, the, the reports of uh, the issues that uh, we're discussing this evening. And then, of course, uh, on the other side, uh, many of us, you know, when we hear the stories of Uyinene uh, or we hear the story of uh, Baby Lee, and, and we sit there and we ask ourselves, and many people might feel hamstrung, feel despondent and not know what to do. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, the big question is, organizationally, how do you mount an effective response to some of these issues so that you say no more and no further? Okay, thank you. Um, so when it comes to the law enforcement and criminal um, justice system, um, we do have demand within our 24 demands, uh, demands which are requesting for consistent sentencing when it comes to SGBVF um, cases. We have seen some cases where you'll find, uh, like last week, the highway rapist got about 1,250 life sentence years sorry, in, in, in jail for all the counts of rapes that he committed. But also you'll find cases, uh, for example, Busisi Refis' case, mm. where with so much evidence, right, physical evidence that was there of the harm that was caused in her body, and yet her perpetrator of the trauma of court case after court case, media, hospital, and everything else, her perpetrator or her violator is yet again still set free mm. So there is still very much an inconsistency within our justice system. Um, And the fact that we know that even when 
some when there's a crime, a, 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 a case of rape, for example, it is so easy for us because we were discussing this today. It's so easy for us to quickly mention names of the victims, not worrying about their safety, but not mentioning those of the perpetrator because the mm. system protects the perpetrator's name, somebody who's violated somebody else's rights. Um, I mean, you look at the case of uh, Baby C, the 14-month-old baby. Um, the, the perpetrator, he has a case from 20 years ago where he was arrested for, for violating a child, but he's been released on bail under what circumstances. And even on that bail, he's being protected by the police in a safe house while this child and her family are continuing to live their lives in the community. So our law enforcement and our criminal systems are definitely not coming to the table. We're not feeling it. And um, like one of the things that we've been saying a lot is that we see and hear our leaders saying so many things in, on, on podiums, but the truth is actually happening in our communities. The reality and our lived experiences are telling stories a little bit defeated, to be honest. Um, with all the cases that have been happening in the country. Lola? Oh, am I still... With all the cases that have been happening in the country this past weekend alone, um, and to only with so much hope, right, for all you men, that we find out that no, she wasn't wearing anything short, she wasn't tox- intoxicated as people are expecting her or always excuse it for. Um, she simply went to go pick up a parcel at a post office and never made it out. And it left us with a lot of fear. And we really feel like we're tired of marching. We're tired of handing over petitions. We're still waiting for responses from government on the 24 demands. The most basic of 24 demands have not been met as yet. And we are wondering, even though the president has declared SGBVF a national crisis in the country, but when are they going to act? We're not going to stop condemning um, this scourge and this violence in our existence and bodies and start acting on it. So we can only march so much as organizations and advocate so much. But right now we feel that it's getting worse and we need to do much, much more than what we've been doing. Mm. What do you make of the response, uh, Lolo, just of, uh, I guess, those in authority, the policymakers, those, I guess, uh, who have you know, uh, oftentimes monopoly over violence, the cops, the law enforcement, the entire system, uh, to uh, this particular, I guess, uh, uh, the events that have come through this weekend, uh, you, you sort of lament the fact that many of these cases go unsolved, even when there is evidence. And uh, it certainly makes a lot of us despondent to, to get a sense that, you know, the only thing we potentially are going to see on this front is just a tweet. Um, and then, you know, potentially uh, the uh, slow wheels of justice are going to trudge along. That's exactly what's going to happen. And, um, you know, today when we saw the, the statement by the South African government with regards to Uyinene's um, um, passing, I mean, the statement in itself is just so dense. It's so, there's no heartfeltness in it. It's so cold. And, you know, you have to ask yourself the question is, what, like, what, do, what do women what do women and their children have to do? What do citizens of this mm. country have to do mm. in order for them to end this? Because our system, it's always about time, right? It's always about time. It's always about budget. But this is nothing new. The, the killing of women by men and children missing and human trafficking and all is nothing new. It's been happening for years in this country. Women and civil society organizations and movements have been marching against this. So how long are they going to keep telling us about budgets? How long are they going to keep telling us about time? 
we do not have time. Mm. We are dying. We are being raped. We are being violated. We do not have time. And I, I think until even as communities, yes, we have to, we have a role to play, and it's only so much. Sure. But until there are critical consequences for these perpetrators, mm. and that is all up to the law and the justice sure. system, I don't think this is going to end. Okay, we, Lola, we know it's not, they're not going to be accountable for anything. Yeah, Lola, I want us to pause there slightly, and uh, uh, now, Prof. Uh, just uh, let's pause for a second. I need to take another spot break and also invite some of our listeners uh, who'd like to weigh in on this conversation to give us a ring on 089-110-3377. I'll also take a look at some of those tweets that are coming through on at Metro FMSA. Eight minutes it is now uh, uh, before the top of the hour. Under the microscope this evening, uh, we place uh, much of the agenda-based violence that we continue to see in our society, uh, which has uh, certainly... I guess uh, uh, being in the spotlight over the last few days or so, where we saw multiple and numerous uh, reported events and many of those that go unreported uh, in our country. And, uh, Professor, I mean, I want us to pick up on a theme that uh, Ulola was raising towards the end there. Uh, much of the impunity that we see, and I guess even in the case of uh, Uluyanda Porta here, uh, who uh, mercilessly killed Uinene uh, Mkhwetjana, uh, uh, one gets a sense that, you know, he thought he'd get away with it. Um, because many other more powerful people in the society had gotten away with, uh, uh, you know, a similar acts, and uh, there's often the sense that you know, if a man is involved in any case of sexual harassment, be it rape or, or even domestic violence or anything of that kind, uh, that uh, you know, we we make a big hoo ha about it for, you know, uh, say maybe a week, and then thereafter we we carry on and act as if nothing has happened, and uh, even in our own micro spaces, in our streets, and in our communities. Uh, there's a sentiment here about Tinabandu or Indozabandabina's again. Yes, but even more significantly than just the people whose names we hear about, Luyana Bota knew he would get away with it mm. because, because more often than not, many, many more times than not, men who brutalize women in this country can be pretty certain they will get away with it. Mm-hmm. They believe murderer, killer, was a cop. And yet every day, women, children, brutalized um, sexual minorities in this country are told that the police are a place of safety. And I think Ulalo said something really, really important that we cannot Oh, we cannot state enough, we cannot echo enough, which is that the state needs to come to the party. Currently, the criminal justice system very seldom offers justice for women who are brutalized by, 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 through gender-based violence. And so in a country where you know that you can, you can brutalize women and children with impunity, perhaps we should be putting the blame not just on the individuals but on the big powerful agents of our of our of our country that do have the power. I mean mm. it's incredibly frustrating to me to read statements from people who really have power from organs in this country that I pay taxes and, and millions of other women pay taxes mm-hmm. to maintain. Uinene went to a post office. She went to a public government space. And I think that I'm, I'm you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm tired of marching too. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being asked to go to the police 
I'm tired of hearing women being told to go to the police. And I'm tired of politicians and, you know, and, 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 and ministers and presidents in this country pretending they have no power. They do have the power to stop this. They do have the power to do something. And nobody is interested in, in, in shallow promises and statements. And, I mean, this country is riddled with women's blood. It has been. We have talked, we have marched, we have, we, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I just, it, I, I'm, 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 you know, like Yolo, I'm, I'm, I feel defeated, but I also feel enraged. Yes. I feel enraged because you know what this communicates? Not just, and I mean, I'm a very privileged woman. And if I, older, middle class, overly educated, feel as unsafe in this country as I do, how does the woman who is who doesn't have air conditioning and a car to sometimes escape violence feel? Lola? Yes. Um, I fully, fully agree with Prof. Absolutely agree. Um, you know, we are defeated, but I think a lot of what I've seen on social media from women is a lot of anger. A lot of anger that comes from the frustration of us reading about our sisters and our daughters and our sons in the newspapers every single day, and yet there's nothing being done to show this is an emergency, as a, as, as a state of emergency, because that's what we are in right now. The war on our bodies is literally in state of emergency, and there's no action. As community mm-hmm. members, as people on the ground, yes, we have a role to play, but we can only do so much. And also, I'm tired of being asked the question by men as to what must men do. Um, we want to know from men, why are you killing us? You know, what have we done to you to be raping 14-month-old babies? Uh, we are also trying to understand why you harm us and hate us so much. So we don't have answers for what, men, what do men need to do. Men have the answers as to what needs to be done by other men who claim to not be trash against those who are, against those who are dragging their name. Mm. And we need to deal with with patriarchy. We cannot ignore how toxic it is and how it makes men feel like they they are inferior and forever inferior. Because the reason why men feel entitled to our bodies is because of power. This is all about Mm. power. And the, the, the heads of power, the state of this country, which has the power, like the professor said, they are the ones who need to meet this power with that power and, 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 and basically put their foot down. And as a woman, I mean, it's sad to find women in this country wanting to, to go and fight, literally. We're seeing a woman writing on her wall that I'm willing to die Marigana style because I'm scared. I don't want to be another victim. I'm tired of marching. And we cannot say that this country is okay when we have women, young women, teenagers, speaking like that today. Mm-hmm. Professor, I mean, one of the things, just as we wrap up, that Lolo is touching on uh, is, uh, you know, some of the, I guess, um, you know, mechanisms of uh, self-preservation and self-defense that have uh, kicked in. And, uh, you know, we saw this in the student movement when uh, many of the feminists came out and said, we've had enough of the rape culture in our campuses even within the movement as well, and uh, they came out with Shambox. And I guess in that sense, you know, uh, we're also starting to see some of the, 
um, if I can use sort of the, the shambok as a sort of a symbol here, we're also seeing many other shamboks that are coming out. People are calling for, for the death penalty. People are saying, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave without carrying sort of a pepper spray or taser. Uh, some people are also even calling for guns. Um, and uh, one gets a sense and understands um, uh, a lot of this. And uh, what do you make of uh, that, this particular response and uh, where it is? And whether or not, I guess, alongside some of the issues that Ulolo has raised, uh, it can find space and uh, complement some of the organizational responses? Um, look, I'm not... <laughs> okay. So, I think, I think that... Um, I, look, I understand rage. I feel rage. Mm. I am not entirely convinced, however, that, that, that violence is is necessarily that kind of violence is necessarily um the way to go but be that as it may i mean i'm not a pacifist at the same time i mm. do completely believe in self-defense i don't believe in guns sure but it doesn't matter what i believe in the state needs to take responsibility mm. the state yes. has the power to stop this it has the mm-hmm. instruments Unfortunately, the state continues to be... I mean, the state is a violent, patriarchal state itself. Yes. So perhaps it makes sense that it, it... I mean, the recklessness with which this state deals with women's lives, even mm. in, 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 in spaces that are supposedly to protect and enable women, um, is, 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 is mind-boggling. And so I think that people cannot be completely blamed for, for resorting to a whole range of things and allowing their rage to express itself in the ways that it will. Mm. However, I do think that what we need is an institutional response. So individual women will may do what mm. they need to do or groups of women may need to do, but it's important that this that we have a state response, sure. that we yeah. have an official response. Mm. And, 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 and my worry is that when we focus exclusively on, on, on what expressions our rage um, takes, we allow the state to absolve itself, mm. um, sure. to absolve itself of, of the responsibility it should have to the majority mm. in this country, which is women. Okay. And the, major- and the biggest majority in this country, which is specifically black women. Mm. Mm -hmm. We'll have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we have run out of time and uh, I've already, I guess, started to eat into Sentler's time. It's been a pleasure having the two of you here on the line. Lolo Sali is a national organizer at the Total Shutdown and the Dean of uh, Research at the University of Forte, Professor Pumla Gola. Thank you so much uh, to the pair of you for joining us this evening here on Metro. Thank you, Ayabonga. Thank you, Lolo. Thank you. We'll have to leave it there, ladies and gents. And uh, as I said, as we started, have yourself a great evening. Take strength. I leave you in the capable hands of uh, the man with the music. He's going to be with you all the way through to midnight.